Welcome to the Live Leadership Podcast with myself, Leela Singh. All things coaching, career, and personal branding. This podcast is for ambitious career professionals like you, wanting to create a life of choice and freedom, to be, do, and have more through overcoming limitations, to develop new perspectives and insights, and to redefine your success, be that in work, health, relationships, and so much more. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Tom Popel. Tom has spent 13 years in the tech industry, working across EMEA, Asia, and the US. Currently, he's a director at Workday, working in their software alliances organization. His focus is on growing public cloud and strategic partnerships, as well as building, incubating, and launching new partner programs for Workday. Tom has worked across numerous functions throughout his career, spending his first seven years in various roles centered around enterprise, client sales, and customer success before moving into strategic partnerships. Tom believes that there are three core essentials to your career advancement. Number one, building your relationships and network. Number two, being front and center of where you want to be. And number three, developing an understanding of what it takes to get you to where you want to go and that no one will pick you up and take you there. It's about creating that opportunity for yourself. Tom grew up in the UK where he obtained a degree in music from the University of Newcastle. He lived in Prague for several years before moving to the US. After stints in Chicago and Milwaukee, he now lives in, in Tacoma, Washington with his wife, two daughters and their dog. He spends his spare time traveling, hiking, training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and making music. In today's episode, Tom shares with me why he advocates networking outside of your bubble and consistently building connections. How showing up as you, authentic, vulnerable and honest may just surprise you. Why asking for what you want and demonstrating your value goes a long way being visible and putting himself out there elevated his career and created unexpected opportunities, his diverse experience of company culture, countries and roles. And finally, don't always sell to the highest person in the room. So let's head over and hear what Tom has to say. Tom, hi there, and welcome to My Brand HQ. How are you doing today? Very well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So, first of all, I'd love you to share with me your journey to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I kind of fell into this industry. Um, I didn't intend to work in tech at all. I ended up uh, boomeranging back to my parents' house uh, when I was at, uh, studying music at university. Boomeranging back to my parents, decided I didn't want to work in the music industry, and um, I moved to Prague. And when I moved to Prague, I decided to not become an English teacher, which is kind of the expat way. And I found a sales job um, at this company called Jacob Fleming. And that role really was... Uh, like a hard, heavy boiler room sales environment. And um, it was literally, you didn't even have a computer. You just had a notebook and a phone. And you just call, cold calling all day. All you heard was no, it was really hard. Um, but I learned a lot. I did that job for about a year. 
And then I uh, went into recruitment and ended up working for Hayes and doing some contingency work with them, uh, helping to uh, recruit developers for, um, for Barclays Bank, who were opening up development center at the time. Uh, and then the recession hit, uh, got made redundant from Hayes, and I actually interviewed with Concur for kind of a market development role, which is essentially, um, you know, kind of not quite cold calling, but setting up appointments for sales reps, kind of the entry level sales role um, in tech. Um, some companies call them BDRs, SDRs, MDRs. So I interviewed for that role um, and a friend of mine kind of reeled me back into recruitment to work for an executive search firm. Um, and uh, the experience there um, was they kind of sold me a bill of goods going into that company saying they were doing really well. And it turned out um, day one, my first day, we have a team meeting and the, the, the head of the office said, it's our worst week in our seven years in business. <laughs> Sat there and thought, what am I doing here? Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I stuck it out for a few months um, and the projects that we worked on, the searches we did were all kind of dead ends. And it was really difficult because a lot of companies weren't hiring at the time. And so I called the recruiter, Concur, and I said, what have you got? Like, we stayed in touch. Prague is a very small community. Everybody knows everybody. Um, and he said, I've got this account manager role, a couple of guys out the UK looking for someone. Do you want it? Do you want to interview for it? So I said, sure. Um, interviewed it, interviewed for it, uh, met uh, the hiring manager, um, met the sales guy who I'd be kind of working with. And uh, within a couple of weeks, I, I got an offer. Um, and for me, I my kind of business world experience was just sitting in an office, calling people um, and just kind of doing like basic admin work. And I, I kind of got thrown into this world where they're like, here's your corporate credit card, getting on a flight to London tomorrow. Um, you're going to go meet a bunch of accounts and do all this kind of stuff. So it kind of leveled up pretty quickly um and my how team was how did that feel for you having done what you'd already done like completely different environment well how did that feel really exciting actually um you know going on business trips for me at the time was like oh this is pretty cool you know um I, and gets to go to the uk i have friends that obviously grew up there friends there family um so i can kind of like divvy up my time a little bit um and you know not stay in hotels and company dine, but you know my flight's covered because I'm there for work. So um, it was pretty exciting to go and do that. Uh, although I was staying in Slough, where the head office was, and uh, if anyone knows the Copthorne Hotel in Slough, it is not a nice place. Um, it's right next to Heathrow. You can see planes coming in. It's, it's just, yeah, it's a depressing place. But it was an exciting uh, switch, you know, and I was. Previous to that, I was working with like just Czechs and Slovaks and, and Russians and Ukrainians. And, you know, it's kind of a hodgepodge of expats that live in Prague. And so I was back to working with Brits mostly. And that was, um, that was kind of a different change of pace too. And so I, I spent about a year and a half doing that role. And uh, my girlfriend and I at the time decided to get married and move to the U.S., She's she's from the States. So um, we got married in Prague, flew over um, and ended up landing in, in Chicago. And 
I was able to transfer within Concur and got a job um, as an account manager in the States. So they were building out some new teams and I was very fortunate to, to join one of those teams and start to, to do the role here. So, 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 so tell me, sorry to interject there, just yeah. tell me a little bit about that because people who are listening might be thinking, you know, they may work or may not yet work for a large global company. Um, yeah. You make it sound really easy to, 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 to move from one country to the other with, with one company. So tell me a little bit about how that happened um, to, for you to, to create the opportunity to be able to then have something that fitted in with your personal decisions as well. Yeah, so the, the, at the time um, we were deciding to move, it was either do we go to the UK or do we go to the States? And I was very upfront with my manager at the time. And I said, you know, listen, um, we're thinking about leaving Prague. Um, we're thinking about going to the UK or the States. And he was just like, love it. Tell me what you want to do. I'll do what I can to help. And so um, I called the global mobility team and they said, are you, are you an executive? I said, no. And so their response was, you've got to figure out your own visa. Um, but if you can do that, you have the right to work in the in whatever, in, if you move to the States, um, we can, we don't need to be involved. Like you just go through HR, it's pretty simple. So I was connected to a leader uh, in the States um, and I was working with a couple of account managers here already. So I knew a few people. So I just, I called them and just was like, tell me about the job. Like, I didn't know anything about salaries. Like, I didn't know what to, to ask for. Um, the money that I was earning in Prague is like pittance compared to what you make in the States. And so I was really trying to um, get in front of people and trying to, you know, get their advice, talk to hiring managers. And um, my manager used to work for um, the, the lady who was running the team. And so he put in a good word for me and um, his boss also put in a good word for me as well um, with our, our chief operating officer at the time, uh, because back in those days at Concur, the chief operating officer signed off on every single hire uh, within the company. And so um, they really helped me to kind of get there. Um, obviously, I had to go for the interview process and I had to um, you know, do a presentation um, show my results like it wasn't just you know gifted to me I had to work for it um, and uh, I yeah I was very lucky to, to get a position um, and, and move here and um, once I got here I what I learned in the UK and in Europe and, and the, it transferred very well we were building up new teams um, hiring new people so I was helping to onboard people and, and helping to build out some new processes uh, around kind of like doing a business review with an account, for example. Mm. Uh, so I was very kind of involved in that and that kind of helped me to, um, you know, just kind of fit in rather than just be kind of an outsider. So it was, um, it was, a, it was a good experience moving here and, and doing that. And I, I know that the visa process getting into the States is really difficult um, and the immigration problems here are, are, are real. Um, but I was very fortunate to do everything overseas, not in the States, which is if anybody is looking to move here and they have a spouse or partner um, and you're overseas, do it at your local embassy. Don't move to the States and do it because your local embassy probably has nothing to do and will 
they will get your paperwork done within weeks rather than months. And so that's what happened with me. My visa was done within a couple of weeks. I walked in and they were like, oh, you, we've got something to do. And so the American embassy in Prague just filed all my paperwork and um, you know, just paid the bill basically. And um, you know, had all the background checks and everything, but um, yeah, made it over here without any issues. And uh, um, yeah, feel very fortunate for that. Yeah, I know because there's loads of people who give their right arm to, to have the opportunity to move there and, and work. But as you say, it, it, it's not a straightforward handed on a plate process either. So just, just going back slightly there to, to what you said you did in terms of people you were speaking to and, and doing the research. What are the, let's say, one or two biggest takeaways you gained from that process of what is needed to create that opportunity? Yeah, I, I think it's... Um no one's going to do it for you right my manager said i'll do what i can um he did do what he could um but he's not going to hand the job to you and at the end of the day nobody knows me right the only people that knew me was one of the account managers that i worked with and a couple of sales reps um who ended up becoming executives of that company later on but like I, I was like, I need to get in front of these people and really understand and, and you know, stand out because I'm not, I'm not even in the country. Like I, I can't fly to the office and do the interview in person. Um, and they did it over the phone. It was before Zoom. Um, and I think they bothered with Skype either. Um, so we just ended up, um, I just had to like put myself out there. And I think that's, I think that's half the battle um, in, in this world in regards to um, people trying to get promotions and, and get the job that they want and in companies they want. Um, you really have to kind of get in front of those people and be top of mind. Because if you're not going to do that, you're just another number. You're just another candidate in that, in that world. Um, and, you know, it can be very fortunate that you have people that, that back you and support you and put in a good word for you. Um, which is great, but you have to kind of back that up as well and, and show up and say, hey, um, at the end of the day, uh, I, I want that role. I'm going to go and get it. And I need to make sure that everybody can see that I am um, who I am and I can, I can deliver something for that team. Um, and that, that kind of has happened a few times in my career where um, later on, uh, concur was at the stage of building up a set of verticals um, and in higher education it was uh, it was a challenge for for concur for many reasons they, they just didn't do very well at selling in that space um, and we they later learned that essentially that it's a community and so you have to be a part of that community you have to have an advisory board you have to have people on the inside talking you up you need a new implementation method, implementation methodology. You need a new way of selling, um, and the leader of that group um, it just started off with a very small sales team, and they were a year in, um, and I was watching them, and I, I was at sales kickoff, and everybody crushed their number. Everybody's doing really well. I was like, I want to be part of that team. They're going to expand it. Um, they were hiring for another account manager, and so I called the sales director um, at the time and said. Um, tell me about what you're doing and tell me about higher ed like why is it so difficult and I just showed an interest and kept talking to him and kept like asking for advice like what do I need to do how can I help 
Um, is there anything that I should be thinking about if there's a role that's open? And um, I had a friend who also was on that team who who, who put in a word for me, um, but I asked him questions too. And and just you you you've got hundreds of candidates applying for that role, but you're the candidate that they've already done most of the work with, right? You've shown an interest, you've you've put yourself out there, you've seen that role, and said, "All right, um, I really want this role." It's not just another application. And so um, I think it's important that um, people consider that when they start looking for, for new roles because most tech companies are three, you know, 1,500 to 3,000 people. Um, and so recruiters, you, they don't know you. They'll screen you. They'll put you forward. That's it. You know, mm -hmm. And then leaders if they don't know who you are or people aren't putting in a word for you or whatever, um, it can be, uh, it can be daunting for them as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that you, you build your brand around um, being top of mind. And if you're not going to do that, I think you find it very difficult to, to kind of you know, move up in, in certain respects. So, yeah. So thank you for sharing all of that, first of all. And secondly, you're a walking example of everything that I talk about in terms of, uh, you, you just wrapped up there with personal brand. Um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to recap on some of that because I, I spend a lot of my time talking about these things and the importance of visibility in the workplace, the importance of both cultivating and nurturing your relationships um, and putting yourself out there. That's a huge one. It, you, you can't assume that everyone knows what you do and how good you are and the results that you're delivering because you think any manager has so much on their plate already as well as thinking about their team. They Most people want an easy life when it comes to hiring somebody. So it's going to be yeah. who's top of mind. As you said, it's who's top of mind, right? And if that person demonstrates their enthusiasm, they're committed, they're interested, it's an easy sell, right? And it, it's an easy win for both sides and I think these are all things not to be brushed under the carpet not to be overlooked as you say there are many people who feel well actually you know when I started my career that's what I believed as I work really hard I will get promoted and actually when my manager pointed out to me that's not quite how it works I needed to change that and it you know if you're someone who's happy where you are and you're not looking to move that's that's fine you keep your head down and you work hard but actually, mm. if you want to elevate your career, you want to move up, you want to get exposure, try new things, move across countries, different teams. You've already talked about the diverse roles that you've had. Mm. And, you know, I think that's fantastic. I think the diversity of that experience is so, you know, it's exciting and it gives you constant growth and constant transferable skills to build mm. upon. So, yeah, the fact that you said it there, it, none of this is handed to you on a plate. People from the outside can often look in and think, oh, yeah, it's okay for him. You know, he just pulled a few strings and he got there. But actually, you just mapped it out and it wasn't that at all. Um, yeah. You've got to be able to, to um, what was it, back it up, you know, back it up on what you've delivered. What value are you bringing? And as you say, you're not, you know, we're all just a number, whether we like it or not, particularly in the bigger organisations. Um, yeah. I'm just going to do a plug for my TEDx because that's exactly what it's about, being another number in an organization. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's what we are ultimately. And, and we, we want to be top of mind for those hiring managers, those decision makers, because when they're ready to hire, when they think about succession planning, 
it what you want it to be easy for them and yeah. you know i've spoken to people where they've assumed that their manager knows what they want next and then it's like well why didn't you speak to me about that not even their yeah. own manager but someone else in the business but obviously that's what i wanted to do well no it isn't obvious because we all have our own personal goals we may not yeah. want to be moving up we you know someone actually said um a situation they've been in um they had just started a family and therefore the manager assumed that although he thought she'd be a perfect fit she wouldn't want that additional responsibility right now but actually she was like yeah well i do but she didn't um communicate that yeah so she didn't know so never assume that people know you've got to speak up as you said you've got to show up and speak up about what it is that you want and mm -hmm. put yourself out there and yes it's it, it it's hard but actually it's it's so important yeah and i think some people um I, I see it all the time. You get kind of like the serial people that will pick up the phone anytime a job's posted and they they kind of like, how did you get this job? I'm like, you need to talk to these people and they don't do it. And then they get complacent and they're like, oh, I hit all my numbers and I did all these cool things. And I said, they don't know that. And they haven't had a conversation with you. You haven't made it easy for them. Um, and then they give up and then they come back around again in six months time and they ask you the same questions you're like did you do any of that work did you try um and they're like oh, I'm, I'm just too busy i'm like well that's you didn't prioritize it right and so i think i think some people struggle with that i i had um a similar situation when my daughter was born i had an opportunity to move to another company and i put it off and I told them, I said, you know, I'm in the depths of you know, being a new dad and dealing with all that stuff. And so uh, I just don't feel comfortable moving. And um, I didn't regret making that decision because I think, you know, you've got your whole life. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say my job was easy, but it was comfortable in the situation where I was like, I'm not starting a new company. I'm not starting a new job. I'm not um, putting a and due pressure on myself at the time and so um yeah, i was very clear about that and yeah like you said i think communication is important if you're not going to be um telling people where you want to be or where you want to go um they're just going to assume you're going to be happy where you are so yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely so tell me um what are the what are some of the challenges that you faced during your career that you've you've worked through to overcome um the biggest one maybe uh, i think it's just tough because there's all these challenges every day um i think uh one of the biggest challenges was um deciding to stay in a company after it was acquired so i was in uh concur and it was at the time it was like you know us versus the world but with really great culture and then suddenly we all got an email saying that SAP was buying Concur, and everyone's like, "This is the end. <laughs> no, this is it. We're, we're done for. What are we going to do?" And um, you know, I was kind of, I was worried that they were going to, you know, swallow up the company and chop it up and get rid of people and all the rest of it. Um, so I, I struggled with like trying to deal with whether I wanted to stay or where I was going to go, um, and 
I got a kind of an invaluable piece of advice of like, just sit it out and see what happens because people are going to leave jobs are going to come up and you know, that could be an easy way for you to move up. So that's what I did. And, um, I did move up, um, because people had left. And so, um, it wasn't say like a big career challenge, but I think the challenge of like being patient in a situation like that was very difficult. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes when you think that you need to like jump ship, don't just try and um, wait it out a little bit. Um, and I had the same thing with a manager where um, the new manager came in, was, came in to run the team. And it's very difficult, I think, because you came from outside the company, obviously a different style of working. And he wasn't used to managing employees that were one remote and two uh, kind of at the level of our career. He was used to managing people out of out of college. So he was used to sitting around a phone bank of like managing people like in person. And our first meeting was, I don't know what you do all day. Like I have no idea what you do and I need you to tell me everything you do. And you know, the alarm bells started ringing. And I'm like, this isn't gonna go well, <laughs> right? And so um, he, he made us all fill out these spreadsheets of things that we needed, that we were doing. And, I, and I'm like, this is my first sales job. This is just being micromanaged. Like how many calls did you do today? How many emails did you send? I'm like, I'm not in that level of my career anymore. I sh you know, shouldn't be treated that way. So I, and that's when I was like, I'm leaving. Like I'm out. I can't work for this guy. And my wife basically said, you need to sit this out and just see what happens and don't, don't make any rash decisions and you know, take your time with it. And so I interviewed with a bunch of companies and I, I, at the time I was like, all right, I, I got to sit this, this out for a little bit and, and wait. And so um, I did and his attitude changed fairly quickly. I think he realized kind of the position he was in the team that he was managing and we just we didn't put up with it and we wasn't we weren't aggressive with that we were just like that's not how we work here in the most polite fashion and i think his leadership talked to him um and at the time i and i knew i knew a lot of people in leadership too so you know we talked um but at the same time i think it was um it was it was difficult because 99% of the time people leave because of a manager, right? So um, I was very close to just jumping ship. And I think that would have been a big regret. So the challenge is, I think it's just staying patient. Like if you're not going to be in that situation, if you're not, you can make you know, rash decisions that could really affect your career. Um, and so I was uh, grateful for, again, for another piece of advice from my wife this time, like just sit it out patient see what happens rather than make a rash decision and, and mm. mess it up so yeah yeah and, and I think you know in that it, it took me back to um when I was at electronic day systems EDS as it was um mm. and like the best thing ever um and then we got the announcement that Hewlett Packard were um taking us on and it's just like oh what do you do and loads of people left um mm. I stuck around and actually then had opportunities that 
I probably would never have dreamt of before that come to me because I stuck around and the other thing I think taken away from what you just explained is uh, being adaptable um being adaptable to different managers and to the change because culturally you know EDS HP was so different so so different in their approach and 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 it's then trying to work your way around and manage change because nobody typically likes change but actually if you can be adaptable to it and and manage it effectively then it it can work Um, and you have a great example of that with the the changes that you've had through your career in terms of the different types of companies the roles countries um being able to adapt to that what would you say as like your kind of big takeaway from that of of being able to do that and and integrate and making that kind of easy i say easy is probably not the right word but you know yeah it works yeah i think i i I think i'm just so used to it um now you know it's just become like part of my um kind of way of working and way of like moving around you know i live in the states but i've moved to I've lived in three cities here in the last you know 11 years like I've yeah since I graduated from university I spent maybe six months back at my parents house and I haven't lived in the UK since and so like it's just become part of like what I do and and how I've operated and I feel very comfortable with it um so it, I think you know when you see these things coming it's it's just don't jump don't make that initial uh run just stay patient stay with it and kind of see where things lead because if you're not going to do if you if you do that you could really regret making that move and i've seen so many people boomerang back because they've gone somewhere else and like this isn't what i was expecting um i didn't actually like the hiring manager i just had to get out um and there's a lot of that you know people just like leave and it's like, yeah, you know, Concur, they had a really great executive leadership. Um, Raj Singh, Steve Singh, and Mike Hilton, they founded the company. Raj Singh um, is like, he's almost like a cult leader for people at Concur. He was, he was like the culture, like the most approachable guy, the, the nicest human being you could ever meet. Everybody wanted to be around him. And when he left and when he, he went to another company called Accolade, with a couple of other people a lot of people moved with him because it was him right and he it was his culture he but he he kind of built that um in concur and it it, it was it's fascinating to watch like how people kind of follow leaders and people that they want to be with um and when he did leave there was kind of a gaping hole but there was a ton of people there that were there before and there were people in that company that were still doing the same things every day their personalities haven't changed. Like it, it's very easy to kind of see that and go, oh, like culture's gone. A little bit, you know, you are part of SAP, like you have an I number. People who work at SAP know what an I number is. Like you that is kind of like you get swallowed up, but you're still working with the same people every day. And I think people have to kind of realize that that is, you know, people will leave, but not everyone's gonna leave. And, you know, you took that job because you like that job or you're looking to move into another job because you, you wanted to go and do different things within your company. Um, so I think 
taking a step back, realizing, you know, taking a lay of the land and take your time with it is, is, is far more important than just jumping in and, and making mm -hmm. a rash decision. So, yeah. Yeah. Really, really good advice. And it actually just brought to mind um, what I will say is a mistake that I probably made at the time. And this was very early on in my career when I was an accountant and I had joined um, a, an amazing global management consultancy, um, sort of an HR consultancy. And um, I had a manager who literally, I mean, I was working sort of 17 hours a day. It was just ridiculous as a, I was a contractor initially with a view to going permanent and I literally and I was in the middle of studying for my finals and I kept going I kept going I kept going and she would march out five o'clock and I was there till like 10 11 o'clock at night every single day and I ended up failing my finals um, not surprisingly and I wanted to resit them and just pass and get the exams and the qualification out of the way um, yeah. and you know, I had a conversation with my dad and spoke about it and like, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to leave and I'm going to just focus on doing my finals. Um, and so I resigned and my, so my manager's manager, who I think was a financial controller actually came over to me and said to me, a um, piece of advice I'm going to give you is if you ever find yourself in a situation like this again, because he asked me like, why am I leaving? He said, speak to somebody first. If your manager's not listening, go speak to somebody else because maybe we can address it and we can fix it. And yeah. it's a real shame that you've made this decision. And that stuck with me because I thought it was a bit of a rash decision. And I was like, I was annoyed. I was frustrated with the whole situation, but I didn't, yeah. back then I didn't have the confidence to speak up and, and say anything. Mm -hmm. So I just went ahead and, and made what I then look back on as a, perhaps a rash decision when I could have probably gone and spoken to him about it and something could have been done. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah learned. I think now um, companies are much more open to taking that. Uh, you know, the employee experience is very, very important, especially in this industry. And so companies are trying to make themselves far more open to having you speak up. Um, you get employee surveys, they're anonymous. You can, you're, you're rating your manager once a week you know, there is an opportunity for you to speak up without feeling like you're there's going to be retribution, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, but still people, I think people feel pressured um, not to speak up as well, uh, especially I think um, in maybe male dominated environments where, you know, women feel like that they, they, they can't speak up um, or people from different cultures and backgrounds um, especially in tech, you know, people um, from all kinds of countries are mixed up in, in, in these companies. And so um, I think people feel like they're not um, maybe heard, uh, even though they're there. And so, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it can be difficult for people to speak up. But I think now more companies are uh, creating opportunities for people to do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I can get that regret. I think... Um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to say something like that, because it's not a natural human thing to do. It's, you know, and most of us are people pleasers, right? And especially in the workplace, it can be quite a rigid environment. And you don't want to be one that's kind of out to complain, and, you know, have a target on your back because of that. And so, 
um, yeah, it's, it can be difficult, but mm -hmm. I, I see the shift. I see the openness that companies are, are offering and um, yeah. hopefully it helps other people. Mm. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So in terms of advice, either you've been given or that you would give to someone else, what would that be? What's the best thing, the sort of biggest takeaway for you in all that you've done? I mean, you've had a, you know, in, you know, still fairly young in your career, I'd say, and, and you've done so much and like yeah. moved countries and, and so forth. So, so what's the kind of big takeaway? I think um, there's a few things. One, don't be, um, don't, be afraid to be yourself um, and don't be af too afraid to see what people think about you. Um, uh, tell you. Tell the story of my interview at Workday, um, which was last summer. And uh, it was an interesting situation that I don't think many people would find themselves in. Um, or maybe they do now because of COVID. But I had a Zoom interview scheduled with the, the head of partnerships um, the person who's now my VP and another senior uh, director in, in the team. And I have a six, at the time, six month old, a two year old and daycare was closed because of COVID. And my wife had some postpartum issues and has to go see a chiropractor last minute. So I'm like, do I cancel this or do I just kind of roll with this, don't know, reschedule it or roll with this? And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna try and roll with it. If I can get the baby to be quiet, will be good so we piled into my daughter's room got the dog in one corner because if he's out of the room he's barking i've got a toddler in another corner with an ipad watching peppa pig and then the baby is in my toddler's bed hopefully trying to sleep and i just went on the zoom call and said hey um just a heads up uh my personal situation is a little different today i'm gonna have some people in the room, things might happen. Uh, I may have to grab a baby, um, but let's let's do this and see if we can get through it. And they were very open to it. And they said, oh, let's, let's give it a shot. Um, the toddler only asked one question because she pressed a button and Pepper disappeared. The dog was quiet and the baby was fussing like the whole interview. And so I just ended up holding her, she had a pass in her mouth and um, we went through the interview and I was very nervous. I was like, you know, I stuffed up some questions and how, you know, what their perception of me was, um, especially, you know, I think um, I kind of harkened back to maybe something that was very kind of old and conservative idea of like men shouldn't be, you know, having kids around them and working. And so I, I was very kind of like, um, worried that I'd stuffed it up and, um, I got a couple of glimmers of confidence from that that leadership team during the interview um, where the, the the head of the team held up a little uh, check mark that he'd written so multitasking like you got that um, and so when they made the offer uh, it was um, really heartwarming because it's like that tells to the culture of the company that you want to go and work for you know they're they're adaptable they understand that life happens um, and they're the leadership you want to go work for, right? Those are the people that, that, that genuinely understand you and understand the situations you're going through. Um, they see that, you know, you're human, you have 
kids, things happen. You're not in the office every day. COVID has completely changed things for people. Um, and even at that time, um, you know, daycare was closed. Like we were, we, we, we've got it down now. Like if it happens again, we just split our days and make it happen. But like back then it was like, we are figuring everything out. And so um, for me, it was just, it was a really, um, it, it gave me all the feels of like, yeah, I want to go work for these people and getting that offer was, um, was, was really validating. And so I think big piece of advice is like, just be yourself in these moments. Um, people will, you know, people will surprise you. Like they will, they will take you on for that because they're not stiff people at the end of the day. You might see that, you might see a title in a company like senior vice president or executive vice president or CEO. But in the day, they've all got kids, they've all got families, they've all got lives outside of work. Um, they deal with the same problems you deal with. Um, so if you if you can connect with them on that level, um, I think it's, uh, it, it's, it's really important. So don't be too stiff and um, be yourself in those situations and be upfront about it as well. Like I said, you know, if you want to change this time, I'm happy to just want to let you know. And they were like, let's just roll with it. And that was, mm -hmm. that was really cool. So yeah, it was a, it was an interesting experience. They talk about it. They talked about it in our sales kickoff. Um, so it was, uh, it's, it's going to be a story. It's going to be told for a while, I think. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely something that, um, I'm sure a lot of people have, uh, have experienced, but yeah, that's, that's my takeaway, my advice there. Yeah. And, and that's fantastic advice and be yourself and, you know, we're all human, we're all real. And I think that's probably become so much more open and obvious since covid since remote working and you know people have their life going on um it's much harder to separate the two now and to to walk into an office and put on that persona um yeah. and leave and then have life happening yeah. outside of all of that and and yeah i've had both my kids join zoom calls because we're just it's life you know we're all there um and it you know even if it's just a regular meeting, it breaks the tension a little bit, you know, yeah. everyone queuing over your kid. It's kind of nice. But yeah, that's kind of that. It's COVID. There's probably one of the good things that have come out of COVID. Like you, you have this um, more of a human, say like more of a real human interaction with people, even though you're stuck at home, even if you're on Zoom. Um, that people really see you and you, your life, you know, because a lot of people before COVID, I think people were very stuck in this um, work mode all the time. And mm. you get like, a gloss of like chit chat beginning, like the, the niceties before you get started on a call. But I think now people are very much like being more real about themselves and their lives with their colleagues. And yeah, so they, right. Yeah. And, and in fact, I was attending um, like a personal development training um, this weekend, just gone. And there was about 140 of us on this. And, and one of the things, it was, it was very intense and very challenging. And one of the things they asked us to do is to go and have a conversation with someone and be authentic. Because authenticity is about being authentic about your inauthenticity. So where are you not being authentic in areas of your life? You're still with yeah. me. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, yeah. 
yeah you got it's a bit of a brain whatever but yeah um and uh everybody who came back and shared after doing that every single person was really shocked including myself from doing that exercise so from that experience because there's that whole whether you call it a mask or, or whatever it's the way that we show up and yes we think we're putting on a persona that works for other people but mm. then it creates a wall which has people responding to us in a certain way yeah how we're yeah. showing up and i've had definitely experiences like that in meetings with customers um we had uh a situation where i was one of my accounts was a very big 10 university here in the states i'm not going to say who they are um but they were they were doing a really bad job with what they had they didn't invest in the product they didn't invest in um, being part of the community um the people that were managing um from their side were administrators that in higher education on the operations side people are like job for life right so they don't want to disrupt the equilibrium they don't want anything to happen and so we were in a situation where um they kind of looked at us and said uh you know how do we improve a few things and i said you need to prove everything but we need to talk to your executives because we haven't got a relationship here so they got us a meeting with the head of finance and i was there with um the sales team the sales leader from our from our company uh, and their administrators there were about five people in the room and there's this diagnostic that you can run on their their implementation and their, their configuration that kind of pokes holes in what they hadn't hadn't done like you didn't launch the mobile application which is like the, the most basic thing you can do um to create a better user experience um, and users were complaining about it you didn't run a card feed through the software because it, it was a concurrence as expense right so card feeds are great for for audit and for uh, control around expenses really basic stuff they didn't do any of that and so i walked into the, we sat down with the head of finance and she she was the one who bought it but she had no relationship with concur since then and i kind of laughed i laughed in the room and said how terrible you like i said you guys suck like we don't even put you on our marketing slides anymore because we don't feel that you're at that level and that was kind of an authentic response and the sales director said i can't believe you just laughed at her like after the meeting i said well i didn't laugh i, I kind of laughed at the situation because it was kind of surreal that you've got this big 10 school that is everywhere you know the, one of the biggest stadiums in the country they are like everybody wants to go study there and yet operationally they're a joke and so you kind of had to like humanize the experience a little bit and just say you suck but we can help you and this is what you need to do and she said well what do we need to do like how can we be better and i said you need to do some consulting hours with us it's going to be very it's like, how much is it like five it's like five grand for a company like for a school like that's nothing she's like done right what's next and so we kind of we we just inadvertently opened the conversation by just being like yeah you, you suck and most people like and i've done it in other meetings where i've i've just been very stiff and rigid and very kind of like to the book on questions and responses and i, I was just in that situation like 
this is a joke. Like you've you got a team who are really nice people, but they're stopping you from progress. And then you've got all these other things that you could have could have happened to. And it was, and she she said to me in the meet, she said to us in the meeting, Oh, well, our dean of engineering call your CEO. And I looked at sales director, I'm like, what just happened? Like, this is not good. And so I I actually emailed our CEO expecting nothing back. Um, and he called me like about a minute after um, the, I sent the email and I was like, this is a 425 number. I was in uh, Chicago at the time and I answered it and, and he said, hi, Tom, it's Steve. It was Steve Singh. And he's like, um, yeah, they're trying to shake me for some money. And I said, but I'll only, you know, help out if it's in the interests of, um, of the company. And just whatever you need, just give me a shout. Like, and it was like, you're like CEO called account manager, right? It was like opposite ends of the business. Um, so you've got all these little nuggets of like real human interactions and that and our respect. And and it was um, it was kind of cool to get that call of like, yeah, yeah, they did call. He could have just ignored my email. Um, oh, he could have just you know responded with, yeah, they did. Don't worry about it. But he actually picked up the phone and said, hey, um, yeah, they did call me. Um, I did talk to them. I did talk to them about some of their issues. And, um, you know, the, the people that work in the university, you know, they, they hate it. They, they, they want to improve it. And they just, they're just trying to shake me for some money. And I said, oh, I'd love to uh, help out and donate. But, you know, you also got to help me out, you know. So it was, uh, it was, it was, a nice, it was an interesting experience and one I've not had since. Um, but that was, uh, you know, those types of little nuggets you know, stick with you um, mm. when you when you get into a situation where you just have to, you kind of have to be yourself and say, this is ridiculous. Like you yeah. have to, yeah. you have to look at this from, um, you know, just a normal perspective, not kind of like corporate work mode, right? Just you can turn it off every now and then, and sometimes it opens up the conversation. So mm. you have to think about. Don't do it every time, like <laughs> otherwise you'll kind of be seen as a bit of a joker. But there are situations that call for that where you're just like, what? Mm. Really? Are you guys this terrible? Like you know, <laughs> it was a put down, but it was also like, we want to help. Like this is this isn't just and this is not as a sales pitch. This is, you know, you're struggling. And yeah. um, you know, so yeah, it was a definitely an experience to 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 learn from. For sure. mm. And I think also, you know, that that's what a trusted partnership is, isn't it? It's, it's having that honesty to be able to speak openly about what's working, what isn't working, and yeah. help. Yeah, I, mean, I had my first my first meeting, my first ever meeting with Concur. I went to see a company, um, and they were part of uh, USG, which is a massive insurance company here in the states, and they were like one of their arms that they acquired, and they were going through um some kind of implementation uh, an upgrade of the software and i walked into the meeting and i'm just like suit tied my first ever meeting for for concur and the sales guy i was with he was very seasoned like he did a lot of experience um and uh the head of like their delivery their service centers was there from the states and they just went on this massive rant, just complaining to us about everything that was going wrong. And she just rocked up with, I'm just, I, I have your CEO's number. I can give him a call. Like there was like that threat. 
and you're just like oh this is just like the worst experience uh, <laughs> and uh the sales guy called her bluff and said yeah give a call like maybe it'll help we're trying to help you too um and that changed the conversation and so him, him just be like yeah all right give him a call like i don't care but that kind of threat to some people will be like oh no no like we've really got to make something happen here but at the end of the day you know their expectations were set correctly things weren't going well just in general it was a it was a mess um and i saw her at a conference like five years later and she remembered the conversation and the situation and we joked about, she's like, I was never going to call him. I was like, we know, we know you weren't going to call him. I don't, she's like, I don't normally do that. I was just upset and it was a frustrating situation. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so it's funny when you kind of, you can look back on those things and, and, and talk to those people like, yeah, I was never going to do that. Like, it's just, mm. it, was my, it was my work mode, right? So. Yeah, it was a, that was another fun one. So. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. I, I love it. And, and, and so I guess something that's come out of this conversation throughout for me, um, and I'd like you to share a bit more about it, is relationships. So mm. tell me about that in terms of, the, you know, the, the, the impact of relationships when it comes to your career and mm. whether it's about progressing or just getting on and being able to do a good job you know, the networking aspect, um, you, you, it obviously comes naturally to you. So tell me a, a bit about that. What, what have been your learnings from that? What could you share? Yeah, I think, I think it's, um, I've been in role, I've been very fortunate to be in roles where um, I'm very cross-functional. Um, the role I'm in today is highly cross-functional uh, and, and highly exposed. So you have to be able to talk to people across the company and when you're doing projects with people, people remember you and you, you talk as every day, right? Um, but I think um, you need to kind of keep those connections open and keep talking to people because uh, you never know where it's going to lead you in, in, in the future. And so um, I made a point when I joined this company just to call as many people as I could just to figure out like what they needed. Um, tell me a bit about like what your job is, what you do. Like this is a completely different organization to what I'm used to. Um, and I think that really helps people to kind of really help me to kind of understand the lay of the land, but also get, get into kind of that that area. And I, I've also kept up a lot of the relationships I've had from previous companies, um, stay in touch with people. Um, I, in my first manager who hired me, he's actually um, going to be coming here. Um, and we talk periodically just, you know, we have we'll have a whatsapp chat or facetime and just keep in touch um because i really enjoyed working with him he's a super fun person and uh, we relate we relate a lot on, on, like he has a music degree i have a music degree like we kind of uh, we found different ways to, to to kind of stay in touch so i think the network is 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 vitally important um for people a lot of people in tech have very extensive networks um just from if you've worked at AWS, for example, or SAP or Oracle, you're going to know everybody and anybody. And so the people that are successful in this industry um, either get picked up by a leader and, and they just kind of, they go together, right? They're people that they trust, they, they have their team that they want to move. 
um, uh, or they they leverage their network to kind of move into different roles. And um, this role that I have now was the first time I didn't leverage a network. Um, so for me, it was kind of refreshing. Um, I talked to a former colleague of mine. She she runs a, a consulting firm now, and she's like, "You didn't use your network. Like, what what was that all about?" And I'm like, "I was like, it was more about the job and the company, and I really enjoyed the people, and I you know, I got the offer without having to to do that. I I you know, I, I did other things. I worked. I had a lot of interviews. I talked to people. I talked to people in the company that I knew, but I didn't." And they were in no way near the group that I was hiring for. So I couldn't leverage them for that. Um, so sometimes, you know, you don't always need a network, but I think that the network is very important and the people that you talk to and wherever you are in the company and wherever you are in your career and your position, um, it's it's important to, to have those connections with people because they, they, they may not... Um, they may not help you elevate your career, but there's also all the valuable advice and their learnings mm. that you can get. And you're going to be the person that will share with other people. Yeah, I, I messed up. Like, don't do what I did. Like, so it's, it's, it's very important to have all those connections. And I think this industry is is, is vital for that. Um, so yeah, it's it, the networks are, are very, very useful. Um, and even continuing to network out of the, your like bubbles that you have um, is important as well. Like that's how I was able to move roles within other companies is I pick up the phone and talk to people I didn't really know um, and starting to become top of mind for them. So it was, uh, it, it, it can really help. Um, yeah. It's just when you see people that don't do that um, and become complacent, that's you know, like, well, you know, if you talk to people, it will, or really help elevate things for you so yeah mm. yeah that, that's real really sound advice and I absolutely agree and I think um you know it, you mentioned leveraging your network for roles and I think it's a case of well the the network and, and nurturing that network is an ongoing process not oh crap I need a job right who can I go and ask for help yeah it, it's yeah. not quite how it works and you know the other important factor there is as well as nurturing I mean you mentioned about you know a former manager who's coming there to work now you never know where you're going to meet people particularly in a particular industry right and you know I, I've worked in, in so I was in telco initially um for a period of time when I was in finance um but you know I'm still in touch with a lot of my managers my directors you know still have a, a relationship with them where you know if they're in in London we'll meet up for a drink or a curry or something you know it's like that still happens and I think that's so important to to maintain that and it's not about well what can I get from them I think it, it's just you learn from those conversations an opportunity might come up for you or for them or yeah it's any I always say you know one conversation can change your life and it could be personal it could be professional it could be anything so I think for me there's so much to, to come out of nurturing relationships um mm -hmm. and you know as you say people might come around again or you move on yeah. somewhere else and you find you're working with them again so you want to keep those relationships good um yeah and the other thing you said that stood out for me is networking outside of your bubble because i think a lot of people tend to stay within i used to see it at work people would only talk to the people in their team so if it was fine that's oh, yeah. hr or whatever and you're yeah. like 
like for me, it's like, I want to know what you do and what your team does and what's going on because I sit with my team all day, you know, and all night working. So actually what's going on with the rest of the business. And that's where you learn about the company. You then, you know, I, ha I had a, a friend of mine recently had interviewed um, with a couple of people in an organization. And so one of them she was interviewed by is pretty much was at, her, at a level she's out or was going in at and the other person was senior. Um, and unfortunately, she wasn't successful. However, she then said to me, well, um, you know, I've connected with the senior person on LinkedIn, but I don't think I'll bother with this person. And I said, and, and that person she really got on with. And I said, well, that person could be a hiring manager in a future role. Yeah. And she's in a very specific kind of niche. Right. And I said, you don't know where you'll cross paths with her again she may be putting in a good word for you somewhere. She might recommend you to someone because you guys really got in and she gave you good feedback. She might be hiring. So yeah. you don't judge on what someone's doing right now as to where they're going to end up, right? Yeah, she interviewed them. She was part of that process, right? Mm -hmm. So clearly they, they valued that person's opinion. And so, um, yeah, it's, it, it's also, I learned this from when I was selling, um, don't always sell to the highest person in the room because especially in tech, because they're not going to use that software. They're just there to make a decision. And I've seen, I've, I've, I've sat in meetings where they're not looking at you. They're looking at their team and they're like, does this make sense? And I've seen sales reps just go in and just be like, yes, Mr. VP, Mr. Chief Operating Officer, this is what you need. This is going to help your business, blah, blah, blah but they're not talking to the, the team that's going to be running it and using it every day. And they're not building those relationships because they don't see them as valuable, but they're invaluable because at the end of the day, that leader is going to go to that team and say, what do you think? And they're like, I hate the sales guy. He didn't even talk to me. Yeah. No, 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 no. Right. So it, it's, it's, it's not just about the top at all. Like don't make, don't count on those relationships everybody is everyone in a company brings value that's why a company hired them right and so it's, it's maybe it's not even just for a job it's, it's to help you with with your current job um the the network is 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 also helpful like i've got people that i've made relationships with already in this company um that i know are going to help me in the future uh, on future projects and things that i'm going to be doing um that i didn't even know existed right so um i'm gonna obviously continue to stay in touch with them and work with them and you know if i'm in the office go for lunch like it's yeah. and, and continue to make those relationships and you know it's it's it it's it's really easy to stay in your click <laughs> it's like a school thing right it's very easy to kind of be that one group of people um and you know i think we're very tribal by nature as humans, right? It's one football team, it's one rugby team, it's one, you know, whatever group you're in, right? Um, and that's this really helpful. Like, I think personally, I think that can get you so far. Um, but if you kind of expand beyond that, that can really help. Like, I wasn't in one group, even at school. I, I played on the rugby team, but I was also in a band like and then there was other things like i just kind of didn't like sit in one single group at that time so 
I didn't have like a lot of, I had a couple of like two or three close friends, but I wasn't in like a group of like four or five friends were, or, or 10 friends. There were like groups of like 10 people that would always hang out and do things. Yeah. Um, I just kind of like floated a little bit. And I, and I think that kind of, there's always been how I live my life was like mm-hmm. kind of float amongst groups. Um, and yeah. And, and I think even in, you know getting you know helping people um is also like it's also part of it like i like to help people i like to help elevate people in their roles i like to you know, give advice where i can um and um you know being part of other people network is is helpful for that too so yeah most definitely tom thank you so much for speaking with me today this has been a phenomenal conversation in terms of everything that we've covered um i think there's so much more that we can keep going for another hour but um (laughs) we can maybe look at doing that another time so thank you so much for today yeah thank you thank you for having me it's been a great time thank you for listening please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so And if you enjoyed and gained value from today's episode, then do please leave a review telling us your key learnings and what you enjoyed the most. And do please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can spread the word on life leadership, creating a life of choice, freedom and new possibilities. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And if you would like to learn more about how we can work together, either DM me on LinkedIn or email me. All details and resources can be found in the show notes.